0: You're listening to A Slice of Therapy with me, Alan Parry. One of the things that I notice working as a therapist that slows down change is when we lose clarity on what it is that we're trying to achieve, that what we're effectively losing clarity on is what do we want? And so I noticed this in therapy that it slows down the change work. And I thought I'd do an episode on it because I think that can happen to all of us in life, whether we're working with a therapist or whether we're not. It's that sense of losing clarity on what it is that we want. One of the things that humans as a species are really good at is noticing the problem. And so there'll be some sort of problem that's getting in our way and it's a lot easier to point to the problem you know i've got this sore knee or i've got this leaky roof or i've got this this itchy leg or whatever it happens to be we can identify the problem really really quickly and then what can happen is we really really focus on the problem what what's helpful and what a lot of us never get to the point of doing, is moving from that place where we have the problem and then think, okay, what is it that we want instead? When we're faced with a problem, whether it's an old psychological problem that's getting in the way of life, whether it's anxiety or depression or something else or any other kind of a a different problem in life, what we often want is simply the absence of the problem. And we don't go that next step and say, okay, but once the problem isn't there, what is it that we want instead? Now, the instead question is a really, really useful one because what it does, it takes us from a place where we're simply removing something and we're starting to get a really clear visual on what life would actually look like Once that thing is gone, because once the thing is gone, there's lots and lots of different possibilities that we might want instead. So let's take a problem that many people have at the moment, certainly after everything that's happened with the pandemic. A lot of people are kind of have got into a rut of being indoors and are no longer mixing with other humans in the way perhaps that they once did. Or maybe it's even a social anxiety that means that going out and being in the world was difficult anyway. And so let's just take that as, a, as an illustration. When we focus on the problem, what we would say is that, you know, I don't like the fact that, I'm stuck in the house all the time. But the instead question makes things a lot richer. So instead of just having the problem taken away, the problem taken away is going to look very, very different to different people. So, one person, if they're out of the house, they'd be doing this set of activities, where other people outside of the house would be doing something else. Because While there's a commonality of problems, what people actually want is often very, very different. And so what I'm going to invite you to do if you take a problem that you've got at the moment is to think about what you want instead and what that actually looks like. So if, for example, you were to wake up tomorrow and the problem wasn't there, it just magically disappeared, for instance, How would you know? What is it that you would notice about you and about life and the way you move through the world? Which gives you a clue that the problem has now gone. Now, this is often referred to as the miracle question, because what it invites you to do is imagine that a miracle takes place. You don't have to worry or question whether it could happen or how would it happen. A miracle takes care of it. And so tomorrow, the problem is simply gone. And if that problem was gone, what are the clues that you would notice that made you think, oh, hang on. This problem is no longer with me anymore. This problem is gone. And I can tell that it's gone because life looks different in this way. And so that's a question I'm going to put to you with your problem. If the problem magically disappeared... How does tomorrow look instead? What is it that you would be doing instead now that the problem is gone? So if a person no longer had that sense of feeling anxious about going out of a house and a miracle happened and that problem was taken away, what are the things that you would notice that tells you that the problem is gone? And so you might think to yourself, well, the obvious one is I'd... I'd be thinking about going out. And when I thought about going out, maybe I wouldn't feel anxious about it. it just feel kind of neutral. It'd just feel kind of calm. And then maybe I'd just open the door and out I would go. And then you can start getting a little bit richer and asking yourself questions like, so supposing I did open the door, suppose I did actually step out into the big wild world, where would I be going? If the problem was no longer with me, where would I be going? What would I be doing with that new ability to be outside of the house? And some people might say, oh, I'd go to that cafe I like. And other people might say, oh, I think I'd go to the park and have a big long walk. And other people might say, I'm going to go to a music concert or I'm going to go to that group that seems interesting where everyone gets together and talks and knits or whatever it happens to be. But you notice that it starts to get richer, that it starts to become a description of what you want that is far, far more than simply getting rid of the problem. Now, the wonderful thing about that level of clarity is that it can then put you in a forward direction. The wonderful thing about the clarity is We start to really understand what life looks like when the problem is gone. And so we we develop some milestones, some markers of change. Let's say, for instance, that somebody wanted to run a marathon. So if they wanted to run a marathon, it's very, very clear what it looks like to have successfully achieved that because that moment at the end of that 26 miles where they see that finish line and they run up or stagger up or however they do it towards that finish line and then they cross that finish line, that's a really tangible marker of success that they've actually accomplished the thing that they want And so in therapy work and in change work, whether you do it with a therapist or not of any kind, it can be really helpful to have these kind of tangible markers of change because otherwise, how will you know when the change has happened? And certainly with psychological change, when we're working in therapy, there can be a real danger that people just carry on forever in therapy when actually when you clarify what your goal is, when you clarify what it is that you want life to look like, you and the therapist get to a point where you're really clear at the start of the work what it is that you have to do. And you're clear as well about how you know when the work has been successful. And so it's really, really helpful whether you're doing change work by yourself of any kind, whether it be psychological or something else, To really paint the picture, and it's a lovely visualisation technique anyway, but really paint the picture, really dig into what does it look like once the change that I want has taken place? And what is the thing that I want instead of the problem? So much so that I can identify what life looks like once the problem has gone. Now, one possible sticking point is you might be thinking, well, the thing is, Al, I just seem to have a lot of problems and I just it seems a bit overwhelming and I don't know where to start. So what do I do about that? Because I I can't really just say I want life to be different instead of this problem, because all my problems just seem huge at the moment. And this happens a lot. You know, a lot of people have this experience. And when I'm working with people, I noticed that this this occurs at the, at the very start of therapy, that it feels like there's this great big jumbled up ball of wall or this great big cloud of things. And it can feel overwhelming. And I remember, you know, when I first started my therapy, it felt kind of similar to me as well. There was a whole collection of stuff that I was looking at and I was thinking, wow, how am I going to get through all of this? And it felt overwhelming. And so... I'm going to give you a little tip here in terms of finding a place to start. And the tip is something I've spoken about before, which is the 80-20 rule. Now, the 80-20 rule is often used, well, in all sorts of life, really, because it's almost like a, a law of nature. But it's that sense that 20% of your problems, 20% of the, the, the problems are causing 80% of the discomfort in life, the distress in life. So all problems are not created equally. And so a question that I often ask my clients when there's a choice of, you know, there might be like a handful of things on the table that we could work with. The question that I always ask my clients, and so I'm going to ask you as well now, is which of these problems should we start with? Because we'll start with one thing. And the question I ask is, if we were to eradicate one of these problems, which is the thing that's going to have the biggest impact in your life for it being gone? So just reflect on that. There might be quite a few things that are on the table where you think, oh, there's, there's, there's quite a few things here and it's kind of getting overwhelming. Well, pick one. But to help you pick one of those things to start with, ask yourself that question of all of these things that are in front of me, which one is going to have the biggest impact on my life, the biggest positive impact for solving it? Now, this goes back to something that was done, you know, in the middle part of the last century. One of the things that happened in... Japanese factories, for instance, there was a guy um, who went over there and he instituted this idea that American industrialists had basically rejected. And he said whenever there is a fault in the system, like in a factory or something, his idea was not just to fix the problem as it arose, but of all the problems that are going on, find the thing that is causing the vast majority of the problems and fix that first. And so he almost had like a a prioritization league table where he always started with the thing that would have the biggest impact. So if there was an issue with a conveyor belt, for instance, and that was causing 80% of the stoppages, then he would start there because he realized that all of these problems are not created equally. And he could start with a problem that was on his to-do list That would have a very small impact or he could fix this thing on the conveyor belt and 80% of the stoppages would end. And so let's just sum up this thing. When we're looking at problems, we can get very focused on the problem and we just think, I want this thing to stop. And what I'm inviting you to do in this episode is to get a bit richer than that. And ask yourself, what do you want instead? If the problem were by some miracle to disappear, how would you know that it disappeared? How would life now be different for you? What is your specific version of the problem not being there and something different and better and more fulfilling being in its place because it's gone? And you will develop this much richer idea of what things look like. And you might even find that when you look at that list, that you're kind of already on your way to some of those things, even to a small extent. And of course the lovely thing about that is you can think, oh hang on, I'm kind of on my way here. I'm doing some of this. How did I do that? Because if that got me there, maybe it'll get me a little bit further if I just do more of that. And the second key idea from this is to prioritise the problems that you tackle. Often, especially with psychological issues, then it can feel very jumbly. And so one of the things that can often help unjumble is that when you get your problems down in the, on the table that you want to actually work with, Starting much like with those Japanese factories, starting by prioritising the thing that is going to have the biggest impact can really be a good strategy. And it takes that overwhelm away because once you realise that all of your problems are not created equally and they don't have an equal impact in life, it means that, oh, that's good because once I sort that problem, these others are going to be much smaller in comparison. And of course, the other big benefit in that is that sometimes problems are kind of intertwined. I remember feeling very, very overwhelmed many years ago when I was going through my work and I thought that there was just so much to work through. And yet what I noticed was a little bit like a house of cards. Some of these problems were actually built on other ones. And if I took that particular card away, the whole thing would collapse. That all these things that I thought were separate problems were intertwined problems. And it's, a, it's an interesting thing, actually, how we can often feel overwhelmed by the intertwinedness of things. And what I've learned working as a therapist is intertwined problems are often really great I love a good intertwined problem because I know that a little bit like Jenga, you pull one of those things out and the other problems vanish as a result. If you found this episode useful, then please do share it so that others can get the benefits as well. And if you'd like to work with me directly, then visit liverpoolpsychotherapy.co.uk to get more details as to how. And of course, you don't have to be based local to me. Given that all of my work now is online, you can be pretty much anywhere. A couple of other things you might be interested in is that I have put together a free video course for you and it's called Childhood Trauma Gone for Good. And it explains how we can now remove trauma rather than simply expect people to manage it better. The other thing that you might be interested in is that I've put together a free trauma recovery scorecard. So within under three minutes, you can assess where you are on your own journey and get a tailor-made guide as well on what you need to focus on next. Now, both of those resources are also available at liverpoolpsychotherapy.co.uk. Just visit the website and you'll see them listed there prominently on the front page. So just give them a click and you can access either or both of those free resources. And of course, please subscribe to the podcast as well because that also is absolutely free. And it means you'll never miss an episode again. So thanks for listening and I'll see you on the next one.